Well, this is Richard C. Wilson, founder of the Family Office Club, and I have one of our members here on the uh, the video with us, a Zoom call today, uh, Josh McCallan of Accountable Equity. And I've gotten to know Josh over the last uh, year and a half, two years. He's been a uh, member in the club, perhaps perhaps longer now. So uh, welcome here, Josh. Well, welcome. thank you for welcoming me. This is a big honor. I'm a I'm really pumped about this. The only sad thing, Richard, is my lovely wife and co-founder, Melanie, is not here. She's a big fan of yours as well and what you've done with Family Office Club. Well, I'm happy to have you here. I think that uh, at our events, sometimes people talk about multifamily, maybe next self-storage, and we don't get enough time on stage or in the podcast to talk about hospitality. I think, um, like senior living, hospitality is of interest to families uh, many times but they know there's more of an operational component than maybe a self-storage facility or something like that, right? So um, I think that's why it needs more attention because you really need to have best-in-class partners, people that have experience in the space. Uh, I mean, we're gonna hear from you of what you really need, but just my feeling is, as a non-expert in the space, that, that that would definitely be required. But you know, how did you first get exposed to hospitality or get started in the space? Well, I mean, this is a, this is a power-packed little uh, podcast, so I always want to be careful not to share too much too quick because I get excited about this. Hospitality is truly our passion in life. Um, so this is my fourth major resort, re- rehabilitation, repositioning. And what happened in the first one was I thought of ourselves more as hotel developers or as property developers. And then through the transition of having to become operators, it's become our purpose in life. So hospitality um, for, for me personally began all the way back in college, being one of those guys that just hustled and worked through college to get my MBA. But I was always like in restaurants or running restaurants. As a matter of fact, my first job offer was to be a, a country club resort restaurant manager. So nice. uh, hospitality is something I hope more families look at. As a matter of fact, we joined your group uh, after completing our third major repositioning and the last one we did before the Renault which is where I'm sitting at today the Renault Resort Winery we was a 50 million dollar investment project so they, they end up getting kind of seriously uh, you know capital intensive but right. what, what what's been great is they're also quite lucrative so we can get into all these details as you want I've never heard of a winery resort, even though you know, I'm from the Willamette Valley, which, you know, for those who love wine, knows that uh, besides, you know, Napa, it's the, the greatest wine production area in the U.S. that I, that I know of. Um, so there's 180 wineries around where I grew up, a lot of tourism. But can you define and go into just a little bit, you know, obviously a wine resort, I can imagine what that would be. But are there a lot of those out there? Is this a new thing? Is this something that's been around for a long time? Well... <laughs> If you don't mind, I'm going to step back just one second. So sure. Accountable Equity helped us put, this is our company, my wife and I put together to help raise the capital in order to acquire these properties and share the benefit of all this wealth growth. Renault, you and I may never find a better deal because it happens to have some of these crazy characteristics that I, I, didn't, I wouldn't have known existed until I did the research. Renault Winery Resort was founded in 1864, so it was the third registered winery in American history. Has this cool stuff, it's allowed to call it Champagne Champagne because it was founded by a Champagne Vintner from France and we fit into an international loophole. But what is a winery resort is a great question. Today, we were able to acquire a resort hotel, three restaurants, four wedding venues, 
uh, golf course and developable land for pennies on the dollar here. So this one's very special. It's in New Jersey. A lot of our guests are from Manhattan area and Philadelphia as well. But we bought this one because we, uh, we looked at it. It needed turnaround, needed restoration physically. Um, our culture needed to come in and add to the value of hospitality. But we bought it because it had a major demand driver, and that was weddings. Right. Uh, matter of fact, we put best-of-class operators in each of the unique capacities for golf. We found an executive director that, you know, I can give you his pedigree in a while, but it's 30 in the business. And wine, we did the same thing. So I always apologize to people because my expertise is truly the aggregation of all this, putting a team together, but we actually have great winemakers too. Sure, sure. Makes sense. I just thought of uh, a family that should be uh, using your venue, so I just took a little note there. Sorry. Uh, how far are you outside of the city, uh, though, in terms of if somebody wants to come there for the weekend? You know, we always argue, look, nothing's that easy when you're talking about getting in and out of Manhattan, but I think we're closer than most of the Hampton Vineyards. We're just the other direction. We're in New Jersey. Uh, we're about an hour and 40 minutes from downtown Manhattan. Okay. Okay. It's not too bad. Okay, great. And, um, you know, I have to ask because we have a lot of people that come to the Family Office Club and the name of their firm is, uh, you know, like a Wilson Capital or ABC and yours is Accountable Equity that's behind this wine resort. So uh, how'd you come up with that name? And to you, what does that mean? And how does that kind of align what you guys are doing in the marketplace that you think is different than, than most people in some way? Richard, I, that's the miracle that you just asked that question, because really the reason we're on the show, the reason we joined your group was to share our heart. And Melanie and I, uh, we've had, we have nine children. Our whole philosophy of life is to be generous and others focused. And that's why we focus on hospitality. And we've had massive success. You've probably seen online that we've run the seventh ranked hotel in America for two years on USA Today, Wall Street Journal and TripAdvisor rankings, literally world-class rankings. Now that we're in capital raising, we initially, we searched our heart. How do we fulfill this mission to have 100 resorts that are managed in this authentic hospitality, very lucrative, but also very rewarding way? And the real, the, the, the pinch for Melanie and I was capital. So we stepped back and said, though we're operators, we need to reflect on how to become capital syndicators. And so we reflected on the name and the name to us is the mission. So we, we know that regardless of what happens, we will be accountable. <laughs> we right. are accountable. So we just wanted to put it right up front that we are going into this with our eyes wide open. Uh, we know how to operate these businesses, and we, are, we want you to know that we know it is a, a, a sacred trust when you uh, invest with us. So we are going to be accountable. We're also the first capital in, of course. We want to be accountable with our capital and yours. And we say equity because we build our model on uh, partnership syndication. So there really is truly equity here, and we become partners. Um, we do have the passive. Now, I want to maybe segue into a little more about the Family Office Club, if you don't mind. Sure. So the business, yeah. So I shared with you the name is our mission, is to be accountable. But Family Office Club caught our attention. I think I've been following you for years because you are one of the world's best presenters at this topic. And everybody knows that. You have the books out there to prove it, and you work with great people. It's amazing the pedigree of people on your list. Um, we hope that when Melanie and I join your list and someday uh, earn a spot on a panel, that you'll see a big difference between us and them. We're not coming from the, the world of analysis, of being in an, an analytics office. We're coming from the world of making wealth. 
Uh, our last place we operated, it's the very first project we ever did, started as a failed condo development that was a 70s, 1970s era beach hotel that had no mission in life and was falling into the ground. We physically rehabbed it, and that's the one that became the seventh ranked hotel in America and quadrupled in value in five years. Family office. You know, I don't know if we formally called it that, but that's what it was. Right. And my heart is, is, is like yours. You, you had an itch. You said you wanted to serve the family office. Right. I actually feel like I've been working inside family offices in a way, and I think we're kind of coming at it from the opposite ends, and we're both meeting here in your club. Right, right. Yeah, no, that's great. And what about um, the operational nature of it, families that want to get access to it? Who's it right for, not right for? Good question. Um, you know, in terms of family offices who might be listening to this and trying to figure out the, whether they should be in the hospitality space or not. A couple quick things to think about for, for Richard, for your audience. Um, we like to specialize in challenging resorts, and I can explain in hours and hours why, but we're not necessarily worried about buying Marriott's or Hilton's. We want to operate our own unique brands, especially when we can find them where they've been mismanaged by a mom and pop, like this property, 242 acres, thriving for 150 years and dying for five years. So what we're doing is recovering. So we're perfect for the family office that wants genuine people operating their investments with them, okay. putting their capital in and coming to visit with them. And, and basically, if you want to be a little bit more hands-on, let's say, not that you have to operate because we're world-class operators, but that if you want to, if you want to be proud of your assets and use them a little bit for lifestyle enhancement, we may be the world's perfect partner because we come at it from a, a very joyful version of hospitality, very high standards but we're not five-star, we're more of a four-star model. So very nice, well-appointed, but very approachable. And so the only other thing I would say about family offices, and this is the other reason it was an honor for you to invite me on the show, we do allow for co-syndication in our model. We're not fat, we're not trying to get fat on raising money, we're just, we're trying to use capital syndication as a fair trade. It, you know, we're, we're operators, we know how to do that, and you have sent capital to put to work, and we know you deserve to be reimbursed and capitalized for that. So we allow co-syndication for people that come in at a certain level, we'll offer portions of the general. Right. Uh, so it's an exciting model for some, the right family office is going to fall in love with this, sure. and it's probably one that built their own wealth, and they're happy to watch people serve their wealth, you know. Right, right, yeah. I just thought of a couple of hospitality families I know um, that have done that, and they're development-type families. So um, I'll have to trade some notes after this, just as a, a follow-up. But yeah, no, I agree. And I, I would guess that, um, and for those of you listening who hear us talk about co-GP structures, you know, that's what Josh is kind of hinting towards. And that's kind of the, the future of where smart family office money is going. And the future of where investor dollars are going to be uh, flowing for those that can afford to play at that level and add strategic value or write the large enough check to do that. I think that's important that people don't miss that because I, I feel like most family offices I bring up co-GP capital, especially if they're worth, worth less than $200 million and they have no idea what it is. They've never done a deal that way. So I think it's important to point that out. But then also, I guess, part of uh, underneath what you're saying is that because the operational nature uh, of hospitality, you have the capability potentially in some properties to, 
outperform uh, based on the excellence in operations and management and team versus uh, the market swing, the majority of the value, perhaps, or like you've got a little bit more um, operational sway, you know, I guess, I guess capable on the project. Right. Whereas a branded hotel uh, has all these great criteria, which are fantastic. And I would love to own a few branded hotels in a portfolio for me as a passive, but as an active, you and I can actually generate more wealth in the, in the non-branded. And I'm, I'm a radicalist. Um, it's radical for me to say that to you, but it, uh, I can prove to you over, the, over a webinar or whatever, I can show you the metrics, the levers that we can pull. And this, is, this goes to our niche. And the reason why I'm partnering with you in your organization and, and investing with your organization is because not today. There's no emergency for capital today. But over the next 10 years, our team, which has been put together for a while now, will acquire 100 hotels. It's not, you know, not going to happen tomorrow, but I already have four opportunities offered to me currently. And we're just going to take our time. We're going to be judicious. We'll slowly raise the capital. But eventually, uh, there will be that many different times for us to raise capital. And so we just want right. to find a few good family offices that maybe want a small piece of us. Test sure. us out. Um, but you know, back to excellence. The one thing you said that I want everybody to know is unlike multifamily, which, of course, we look like multifamily to some people. You know, a bedroom doesn't look that different than an apartment. But we we have many levers to pull to create NOI. And the key here is the reason we enjoy seasonal, and we I'm sorry, not only seasonal, but, but uh, independent resorts, is because they often have things like weddings or major auxiliary businesses. Right. And if we can maximize those, we can radically change the valuation of your company and your asset within two years. Right, right. We know, we know uh, well how much it costs to put on a big event. So uh, I can imagine that would add up. We often, we often think that uh, eventually uh, we should be on the other end of the, uh, the trade and how much we pay for venues and the family office club. So I can see why that'd be a great business. What about, uh, you know, every investor... We're showing one family three different real estate investments this week. That's one of our clients, you know, at Simpson Millionaire Advisors. And the question keeps coming up of like how, you know, rigorous or how well prepared a structure or a team is for a recession, whether or not it comes in three months or whether it comes in three to five years. You know, everyone knows we're not early in the cycle. How do you think about that with a resort winery, with hospitality in general? Like, What, what discussions do you guys have internally to kind of prepare for that? You know, I was at, uh, I'm not sure if your, your audience loves uh, or, or, or knows Robert Kiyosaki very well, but, you know, the gentleman who wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad, a pretty, pretty popular seller, um, he, he and I had a chance to talk about this once, and he talked all about how he likes to buy C-class apartments or B-class at the best. Right. And maybe that's not for everybody, but his whole point was, as the economy comes down, the compression will be at the lower end of housing prices, and they'll stay full, even though it'll be a lesser price. Right. We built a couple things into our business model. For example, and your guests will know, your, your audience will know I'm telling uh, the truth here on this. Number one, we built three protections into this asset, just like we did, we will for every asset. This one we said, number one, this property had 795 wedding leads last year um, without advertising, which is world class. So far this year, we do advertise and we've just crossed 1,200 leads and we've doubled our wedding sales of our pro forma. And you know how people say your pro forma is ambitious. We said we would have sold 60 weddings today. We've sold 120 in eight months. Anybody wow. knows that we're on a tear. 
Um, but my point is we priced it at $125 a person in our pro forma. That allows us to, of course, increase rates later, but if the pro forma can withstand a middle-class price point and we can get to a higher price point, amen, but it doesn't, it allows us downside protection. Number two, here's the part that nobody realized until, you know, until I got in the Hope Resort business and then if we got into the wedding business about six years ago as a subsidiary business, we're signing contracts with our guests 18 months out. Right. They're depositing 25% cash at Signature and we're right. holding their contract. So in a sense, we're hedging into a recession. We're hedging our contracts. Now, all I'm saying to you, that comes to multiple millions of dollars we've sold on paper and contractually have obligation up until 2022. Right. So we're heading into, a, if we're heading into a recession, we already have a lot of paper signed. That's one really interesting thing. And then the third thing I always say, and this is a little tongue in cheek, is this is the 155th anniversary of this accident and nothing killed it yet. Nothing, not right. even bank ownership. It stayed open every day for 155 years. We yeah. hope that that adds a little bit of you know, longevity, just, just a natural intrinsic longevity. Yeah, and I'm sure it's uh, dead obvious to you and any hospitality person listening, but obviously when you uh, book many weddings, obviously people come before, they stay after, it also fills up your rooms uh, like any other event, right? So you're making two sales or you know, you're know, you making 40 sales of rooms with that one sale of a wedding, Amen, uh, which kind of predicts a little bit of demand. People it still does. show up at weddings typically, even in it a recession. Jeez, I'll tell you, you're absolutely right. And there will always be a contraction of this. Every economy, there'll be a contraction in each market. But we're at that solid middle price point right now. And I think there always will be weddings. There may not be the $750 per person wedding. That may contract. But the, the solid middle class wedding is going to keep happening. And of course, our price points are going up in the future. But for right now, our pro forma is stable at middle class. Right. Right, makes sense. Okay, what about a uh, a counterintuitive lesson or something that you've learned, uh, you know, in hospitality over time that really uh, you could share with the audience? Yes, the counterintuitive thing that I've learned in hospitality, brother. This is the heart of why Melanie and I are doing this. Why we have uh, fifty people today who work with us. I used to have a five hundred person company. Hospitality for us is spiritual, bro. You know how sometimes when you give your teaching, like I've been to several seminars and you say it's all about integrity in fundraising, right. and you right. always, but I mean integrity as in consistency of message and delivery. You, you do a nice job there of cognitive dissonance. I tell you right now, after my first few years of being a resort developer physically, and then watching our operating teams fail and having to build our own operational team from scratch and becoming world-class, the reason we became so successful was when I was literally, you know, remember, imagine me working for this family office, telling them how great this business plan is, and then it's suffering, struggling for two years. Right. I stepped into the breach. I hate to say the word I because it was a huge team, but we stepped in, personally stood at the building every day until we got the thing righted. And what I watched was if we did something wrong in the restaurant and failed to deliver a good meal for grandma's party, let me say that's what happened one night. The next night we would deliver stupendously for a different family. And one night, Uncle Louie from New York wanted to punch me and hated me. And the next night, Sally, 
hugged me and told me she was going to send 10 guests to me. And I said, what the heck is going on here? This is not normal economics. This is like right. emotional is happening here. Right. And we then uncovered this whole philosophy of hospitality. And by doing that, we shared that joy with our staff. It became a calling for us. So the most counterintuitive lesson was, and this is going to maybe not be too surprising, was that once we realized how beautiful the gift we were giving to our, our guests was, our wealth went tremendously up. So what I'm trying to say is this. Our property that was ranked seventh in the world, it's, it's now worth in the $40 million range. And it, but but it, at that point, it was the seventh-ranked hotel in America. Now, you and I have been to beautiful hotels. Right. I think the normal hotel that you would think that would be in the world's top 25 or the country's top 25 – there are things in Maui, there are things on the Oregon coast, there are things in Nantucket, and they all cost $100 million to $10 million, to, to a billion. They don't cost $17 million. And so we were able to create this massive loyalty by loving the guest. So that was the most counterintuitive thing, is that the hotels, resorts in particular, are different than hotels because there's so many other amenities. Sure. You can massively drive in a line. So if right. we live our mission, we can mega increase the wealth of our investors. Um, right. And it's kind of a nice serendipity. We're there to serve, but, but we have to serve our investors too. And uh, sure. I, could, I could teach on this for a long time. It's, a, it's an absolute passion for us. Yeah, it sounds like, uh, I was just going to say that. Uh, I took the words out of my mouth. It sounds like it's obviously something you're passionate about and you've got that story of you know, meeting challenges and figuring it out the hard way versus, like you said, some people come from like a number space they're like, hey, we're doing self-storage because of some GDP number and job growth and this and that. And, you know, it's very systematic and just, they're removed from the process versus being on the front line and dealing with an upset or a very happy customer and dealing with big operational challenges and getting through it. Uh, you know, that's training you can't really get, you know, otherwise, you know, it's training you don't get from a school or just by being mentored for a few months. You really have to kind of live that, figure that all out, I think. Yeah, it's been, it's been a real great blessing for us. And uh, we're so happy to be in the world of raising capital now because we even do something that we call investor hospitality. We quarterly meet at our property to go over the numbers, but also to share each other's network um, and to get to know each other. So we're, we're kind of a warm experience. It's a little different than probably most syndications or most capital raises. Sure, sure. Makes sense. Great. Uh, we're almost out of time, but is there anything else you wanted to fit in? Any last points that are important about your team or vision uh, that we, I didn't get to ask you about? You know, just if you don't mind, one last plug. We have about a million dollars of equity to sell here. It's not very much, but it's an opportunity zone too. So I forgot to tell you that, that sometimes you get lucky. We got to have a fully operational opportunity zone fund, which we deployed. Um, and there is some equity available. So anybody wants to reach out to us, um, you, you, I'm sure you share our information, but they can also just Google accountable equity. Great, great. And what's your uh, website uh, for that? Just to make it easy for them to find. Accountableequity.com, spelled out. Great, great. And, uh, Sounds love, Good. We're, we're always happy to meet people. Yeah, sure. Great, awesome. Uh, thanks for sharing uh, your thoughts, Josh. I think, uh, like I said, hospitality is something we're trying to cover a little bit more often here going forward. So look forward to seeing you maybe at our uh, New York or you know, Miami events coming up and thanks again for your time. Can't wait. And by the way, thank you for what you're doing. You're an education based like pioneer in this space and we just appreciate you, buddy. Thank you for everything sure. you do. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks Josh. Take care.